when you're up against a hostile room of people who don't want to be there, you need real strategies that get results. Welcome to From Hostage to Hero, the show that gives you practical advice you can use right now in the courtroom, boardroom, or classroom. Learn how to move your unwilling audience to one that is invested in what you're saying, eager to participate, and engaged in the process. Learn from the attorney whisperer herself, your host, Sari Delamont. Hey there, before you jump into the podcast, I have a special announcement. The H2H membership is opening October 1st and will be open for only seven days. What is the membership? Well, it is a place for you to get live training from yours truly, place to practice voir dire, nonverbal feedback, get case workshops, mindset coaching, and so much more. We invite you to a week and a half of free activities starting Monday, September 28th at 1.30 Pacific with a live training, How to Focus Your Case on the Jury, Not the Plaintiff. Go to sorrydlm.com forward slash events and register for all of the free Try Before You Buy events and make sure you sign up to become a crew member in the H2H membership before we close the cart on October 7th. Can't wait to see you in there. Hello, everyone. Sorry, Delamont here, the Attorney Whisperer, with you for another episode of From Hostage to Hero. Welcome. I am back in my house. We had to evacuate for about four days uh, due to the wildfires here in Oregon. And although it is storming outside, you may even hear some rain and wind as I'm podcasting this afternoon. It is so much better than having to smell and see that horrible smoke, which is now abated totally, which I'm so thankful for. So thank you for, thank you for all your thoughts and well wishes. I really appreciate that. Kevin and I um, really felt supported by all of you during this, and I want to thank you for that. And uh, that kind of leads me into today's topic, which is why bad things happen to good people. Because I got to tell you, we were, we were leaving... Uh, having to evacuate through the wildfire. And I was thinking to myself at first, I was saying, really? I mean, we just moved. We moved two places. We moved out of our condo, which was our office. Um, we got all everything out of there. And we got out of our house and we put both of them on the market. And we've been going back and forth for uh, literally weeks to get settled here in our beach house while we decide on our next move. And I did a whole podcast on what's your next move, describing this process of ours and it's been just mayhem and we've got you know contractors working on the shed in the back to to put it into an office and in the meantime I'm up here podcasting in my bedroom and we're tripping all over our nanny and it's just you know it's been crazy and so on top of all that then the wildfires happen and I'm in the car and I'm thinking oh my god like when is this going to end which really brings me to the topic for the day, you know, because I think so many of us fall into this trap. We're actually talking about falling into a hole in today's episode of wondering why bad things happen when we feel like we've worked so hard or we've done so many good things or we're good people. Why do these bad things keep happening? For example, I had a client come in to a session uh, last week, and we were discussing a case that went away on summary judgment that she had worked on, and not just worked on for years, but just was so passionate about this case and just felt like this was the defining case for her. And to have it all go away on summary judgment was like a huge blow. And not not just a huge blow, uh, in her words and mine, we were talking in the coaching session, it was like a cosmic fuck you. 
And that's kind of why I'm doing the podcast today, because I've been thinking about this, because this is what we do, is it not? Something bad will happen, and we immediately go to the place of, I brought this on myself, or I could have prevented this, or what did I do wrong, or what's the big message here, or why is the universe testing me? You know, I, I tend to follow on this as well. I just posted a meme last week in Facebook that said life is such a great teacher that when you don't learn a lesson, it will repeat it, which seems to kind of reinforce this theme of, you know, life, the universe, God, whatever is sending us these lessons and we have to we have to learn them or they'll continue to come back. And and what I what I'm finding is that there are lessons for us to learn. I don't know that the universe, life, God is what's sending them. So that's what I want to talk about to, in today's podcast is how to reframe when something bad happens into something that will actually serve you. And so what I'd like to do is read to you a poem that is in five chapters. Don't be scared. The five chapters are very short by Portia Nelson called There's a Hole in My Sidewalk. And so Portia says... Chapter one, I walk down the street. There is a deep hole in the sidewalk. I fall in. I'm lost. I'm helpless. It isn't my fault. It takes me forever to find a way out. Chapter two, I walk down the same street. There is a deep hole in the sidewalk. I pretend I don't see it. I fall in again. I can't believe I'm in the same place, but it isn't my fault. It still takes a long time to get out. Chapter three, I walk down the same street. There's a deep hole in the sidewalk. I see it there. I still fall in. It's a habit. My eyes are open. I know where I am. It is my fault. I get out immediately. Chapter four, I walk down the same street. There is a deep hole in the sidewalk. I walk around it. Chapter five, I walk down another street. So, What's the hole in the sidewalk? Well, I think for most of us, when we hear that poem, we tend to think the hole in the sidewalk are the bad things that are happening. But I'm going to suggest that the hole in the sidewalk is a belief that we hold about bad things that I've seen across the board. And so many times I've seen it, I've decided to do a podcast on it, which is this belief that if I only did things right or perfectly, bad things wouldn't happen. And when they do happen, and I do feel that I've done something right, or at least pretty right, like in the summary judgment situation, well, then it, it must be a cosmic fuck you. And, and guess what? Guess what? I've been here, my friends. This has happened to me too. I mean, with my own daughter, for example. Some of you know that I have a five-year-old daughter, Kevin and I were married for 10 years before Elena came along. And that's because we never could really make up our mind about whether we wanted to be parents or not. And we thought we'd just leave it to chance. And so when I was 37, chance came <laughs> and I got pregnant and I immediately miscarried. And so we thought, well, okay, that's fine. Let's continue. And about four years later, I got pregnant again and I miscarried again. At this point, I thought, I'm 41, I'm too old for this, and this is really emotionally exhausting. So Kevin went and scheduled a vasectomy, and right before he was about to have it, guess what? 
pregnant again. I'll never forget <laughs> taking that that pregnancy test. And I walked into the bedroom and I told Kevin it was positive. And he looked at me like he wasn't sure what to say because of the look on my face. And I just completed the thought for him. And I said, well, fuck. Because I was afraid of being disappointed again. Well, as you can tell by the story, the fact that I have a five-year-old daughter, third time's a charm. And Elena arrived after a very scary pregnancy. Nothing was scary about the pregnancy. It was totally normal. But I was scared the whole time that I would lose her. And when she finally got here and I heard her cry for the first time, I was so thrilled that she was alive. And so we took her home. And about two days after being home, Kevin was changing her diaper and he found what, what's called brick dust in the diaper, which is this red powdery uh, substance. And it means extreme dehydration. And for some reason, I wasn't giving her enough milk or she wasn't getting enough milk. And so we rushed her to the hospital and they immediately put her in one of those contraptions where she's in this little, it looks like an incubator and it's got lights and she's got these special things over her eyes and they've got to give her this light because she had so much bilirubin in her system that she was at a danger point for becoming brain damaged. In fact, I think bilirubin level 32 meant brain damage and at one point she was like 29. And so I remember sitting there thinking, what the fuck? <laughs> like, really? I We had gone through all of this. She finally arrived only to have to almost lose her again. It, it felt like such a cosmic fuck you. And I get the impetus to try and either figure out how we somehow could have avoided or how we caused it because this is where we go isn't it when something bad happens we go how could I have avoided this this is what defensive attribution is for our jurors that's why we we rarely tell the story from the plaintiff point of view anymore because as we tell that story the jurors are calculating all the things the plaintiff did wrong not because they want the plaintiff to be wrong but because they're trying to keep themselves safe they're thinking if I didn't do that if I didn't take that left turn if I'd put the seatbelt on whatever it may be I would have avoided becoming a paraplegic or whatever the situation is in the case. It's a safety mechanism. I get why we do it, but it doesn't serve us. Because when we go into that place of what could I have done better, we, we start to, 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 to be mean to ourselves and to cut ourselves down. And then when we can't come up, like with my client, something we did wrong, then we start to go to is this, this cosmic fuck you. Now, let me apologize in advance to all my religious friends who are probably going to disagree with this. But I've come to believe that we like to think that there's some grand plan out there, that there's someone pulling the strings, life, universe, God, whatever. But I've come to believe it's as random as fuck. <laughs> there's no one sending us lessons. There's no one pulling the strings, making sure that we shape up and that we're doing the right thing. What I've come to believe is that life is just a series of ups and downs and that the hole in the sidewalk is the belief or the pattern or the habit of thinking that someone out there is trying to, to control us, send us messages that make us get it right or that somehow we haven't gotten it right and that's why we're getting the cosmic message. I mean, think about all the things we do when we jump in that hole. We catastrophize. We start doing black and white thinking uh, to keep ourselves safe. We, we add drama. That's the hole in the sidewalk. That's where we go when we can't figure out 
why something has happened. And I'm here to tell you, why do bad things happen? I have no fucking idea. I have no fucking idea. I don't know why kids get cancer. I don't know why spouses die in their 30s, leaving behind young kids and their wife or their husband. I don't know why cases that should totally have been won get lost. I don't know. I don't know that anybody knows. And what I've learned over the last several years is that why isn't the question we need to answer. The question we need to answer is how. How do I want to be with bad things? How do I avoid the hole in the sidewalk? Knowing that our journey as human beings is to walk this earth and experience some of the highest highs we've ever experienced and some of the lowest lows we've ever experienced. Our job is to navigate that, not attempt to avoid the lows whenever possible, because it's not possible. And those of you who are trying to keep yourself safe at all times, I know you're not living lives of joy and fulfillment, because that ultimate safety that you continue to try to bring into your life or to your children's lives or to the lives of those around you is stemming from fear. And I know a life built around fear is not a fulfilling life. We need to let go of the question of why did this happen and expect that as humans, it will happen and ask ourselves, how do we want to be when it happens? We need to stop looking at bad things happening as a test from the universe and instead look at it as an opportunity, an opportunity to show up in the way that we want to show up, to take a different sidewalk, to avoid jumping in the hole of I must have done something wrong or this is a cosmic fuck you from the universe. And so with that, I'm going to give you a few things here to be thinking about of how to change your perspective about when bad things happen from why to how. Well, the first thing I'm going to suggest is that you give up the story that if I do everything right, I'll be rewarded or I'll be saved from something bad happening. It's just not true. You can be perfect or at least attempt to be perfect and something bad can still happen to you. Expect that you will get your share of bad things like all of us humans get just being a part of the human race. So let go of that story it has nothing to do with what you're doing good or bad or if you're being a good person or a bad person. I mean, yeah, sure, there's karma and all that stuff. But in general, <laughs> who we are really doesn't have anything to do with these what we think this cosmic message is being sent to us. We are all doing, most of us, the best we can. And that means that bad things will still happen, unfortunately. The second thing I would suggest is that you also remove the labels of bad and good. You know, some things just are fucked up, right? Like kids with cancer. I just That's just a fucked up thing and we don't know why it happens. But labeling it as bad or good regardless of the situation, is not super helpful. And this isn't about what I consider and have talked about previously, toxic pos positivity, where you take every single 
quote unquote bad thing and you you somehow twist it into making it good. That's not helpful. Sometimes things are just sad. Sometimes things just suck. You know, I had a, a client last week as well who just arrived your session. She's like, I'm tired of mindset work. I just want to give in. I said, great, let's give in. We just laid on the floor and just felt our anxiety for a good 40 minutes. And just was we just were with and honored whatever we were feeling. So the point isn't to always be positive and always try to have a positive message. That's not what the, the goal is here. But when I say that the labels of good and bad is that oftentimes that shuts our mind off to the possibility or the opportunity. Remember, this is not a test. It's an opportunity. Maybe my client can look at the summary judgment situation that happened and turn it into something amazing where she may make different decisions. She may show up differently. She may just have this badge of honor having gone through that, which makes her fight even harder. Not because the universe designed it, but because she's viewing this as an opportunity and taking that opportunity to become a better trial attorney. Maybe the way the world is right now is to show us how insidious and awful and horrible racism is. I know that I've been affected. It's so easy to look at the world and go, it's a dumpster fire right now. Everything is just fucking out of control. And how the hell did we get here? And this is awful and it's horrible and we're all just going to die. But I can also see that had this not happened, I would still be living in my little white bubble of racism doesn't really affect me. So I don't really need to do anything about it. It, it, in that way, it totally brought me to a different place personally. And I'm grateful for that. You know, Eckhart Tolle in his book, Power of Now, says every experience that you're having is an opportunity to evolve your consciousness. And he says, how do you know that this is the opportunity you need to have or you, you should be having? And he probably words it differently. He says, because it's the, op- it's the experience you're having. <laughs> Meaning whatever you're going through is always an opportunity to evolve your consciousness, to evolve your mindset work, to evolve you as a human being. If only you would let it. See, the why question doesn't allow us to, to evolve. It keeps us in in information gathering. If I could just figure out why. I, I remember I was working with my coach just a couple weeks ago on something. And she said, look, we could go into the why, why this is the way it is. But you know how sometimes you have that same fight with your spouse and after like two or three years or sometimes for someone was like 10 years, you're like, oh my God, this is, we keep having the same argument. We're never not, we're never going to agree on this. And you just have to decide to move on from there and decide how to manage it versus to fix it. She's like, that's where you are in this situation. Looking at why things are the way they are or how to fix it is not going to be helpful here. We now need to move to managing it. And that's exactly what I'm talking about here. There's a difference between going, why, why, why? And instead saying, how, how, how? How do I want to be with this? How do I want to navigate this? What sidewalk do I want to walk down instead of jumping in that same hole of believing that I somehow did something wrong and that's why this happened. I'm not saying that there's never anything to do with personal responsibility or growing as a human and learning from our mistakes. And you know that if you come in with something quote unquote bad <laughs> happening, we're going to look for the lesson. But that's, that's exactly what I'm talking about. We're going to be looking for the opportunity here, the opportunity to learn, to change, to grow. 
instead of diving into what's the cosmic message here, we're going to look at what are we going to do with this? How do we want to be with this? Which is really the, the, the third thing that I'll give you, which is how do you want to be with this journey called life? Because things are going to be bad <laughs> at times. Or we shouldn't be calling it bad, right? That's one of my advices. Things are going to be unpleasant or not how we wanted it to go. How do you want to be with that? If we go back to the wildfire, you know, we're in the car and from Lincoln City, which is where we live, to Newport is normally a 25-minute drive. We had to go that direction. Normally we don't because the highway was closed. And so what's normally an hour and 45-minute drive home took us five and a half hours. In fact, it took us two hours just to get to Newport. And I remember being in the car and surrounded by smoke and thinking about this long journey ahead and having to be in a hotel and I had to do this webinar in the next day and I have these clients that I needed to reschedule. And I remember being totally and completely calm and so much so that I was like, what the hell's wrong with me? Like normally I'd be freaking out right now. <laughs> and that's when I realized that I decided to go down a different sidewalk. I'd been falling in that hole for years of saying, what's the message here? What does this mean? Why does this happen after we all of this happened? What did I do wrong? I just decided to be and to be with Kevin and to go through Jerry Queen and get my blizzard and just hang out in the car and be glad for my safety and know that I was going to end up at the other end and I'd be able to talk to y'all and have the webinar and things would be fine. And if they weren't fine, I'd survive that too. Because I will. And so will you. Unless you don't. And then you're dead. And then you won't know that you haven't survived it. And it'll be all be over. See? It all works out. The point is you get to decide very little things. <laughs> in this life but one thing you absolutely get to decide and you should get to decide is how you want to be with all of it we create our own suffering my friends by trying to figure out the why and the why and the why and get I've been there I totally get it but the why doesn't always serve us and so far so much in, in coaching those of you who've coached with me or Kevin recognize we rarely ask why in coaching because why is therapy that's, you know, let's go back. What's the pattern? How long has this been going on? What we normally ask in coaching is what and how. What do you want? How do you want to be? What are you committing to? What are you going to do? Those are the questions that serve you. And they also serve you here when we're talking about, quote unquote, bad things. Why do bad things happen to good people? I don't know. I don't know. How do you want to be with that? That you can know. And I suggest you spend some time thinking about that. Hope this is helpful. Love talking with you. Talk soon. That's it for this episode of From Hostage to Hero. But head to our website, sorrydlm.com, for other must-have resources from Sorry Delamart. Read the transcript of this podcast, watch trial tip videos, or download your free copy of Sari's article, Why Jurors Hate the Hobby Question. We're glad you joined us today. And until next time, remember that to lead a hostage to freedom, you must first free yourself.